thought we could do a little chub step episode if you're all right with that i mean you know it's thursday in a couple days so that is yeah. coming up so we got to get this done um so what have you been up to uh, a lot actually my car got robbed oh no well that's not good <laughs> no and they got they got some money out of my car the and i'm still truck, trying to figure baby. out how they got in to be honest with you because it didn't shatter the window yeah and I am 99, like, everyone keeps telling me I didn't lock the door. Yeah. Like, I have OCD about certain things. Like, I always lock the door. Yeah. And here's my other thing. My car is an alarm system. Uh, yeah. It's kind of like an older car. Like, it's a 03. And so, when it's not armed and you hit the unlock key, like, it, it just doesn't make a noise. But when it is armed and you go to unlock it, it beeps twice so it beeped twice when i walked up to it and then i got in the car and there was just shit everywhere wow so i don't know how they got in if they let so, it like yeah. just the alarm go for 10 minutes or however long it goes and then just close the door i don't well, know so where were you during this i was at work there was like a four hour period this could have happened but um I was really bummed that I kept a $2 bill in my car yeah. for about a year, and they they took the $2 bill. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? That's funny. I When I got my wallet stolen, that's one of the things in there was my $2 bill. Okay, but I got – this $2 bill was really special to me, actually. That's why I kept it in the car for a year. Do you, why, why was it so special to you? Okay, so I got it at the Performing Arts Center in Milwaukee um, from a woman named Paradise – and I just needed some change. I, I was offering her some money, and she gave me a two dollar bill. Pat, this this is at the the performing arts center. It's called. <laughs> now, okay, uh, yeah. yeah. The, the performing arts center, for those of you who don't know, is a gentleman's club. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> just before you go off on a tangent, asking, I was I was there with my girlfriend but it is funny though because at first like i know that's the name of the place but when you first said that i was thinking of like the the big uh like art <laughs> like not arts performing center but like art the art gallery with the big calatrava you know the big wings that open up yeah no, this yeah. is a, a different kind of place <laughs> yeah no i'm well aware <laughs> i just that's the first thing that came to my mind but they continue yeah so uh but, yeah paradise yeah, so like it, we, 
We've been going out for about two years, but we had a little hiatus. And right after the hiatus, we made a trip up to Milwaukee, <laughs> and we ended our night at the Performing Arts Center. So that yeah. two dollar bill was kind of like uh, I don't know, it was something special. I never spent yeah. it. <laughs> well, you know, <laughs> I like that. You know, Pat, that is special. That's a, you know, it's a different type of uh, it's a different type of special. I was picturing that it was going to be like a you know a great grandparent that passed away or something like that gave you the two dollar bill, but I was I, I much prefer this story. No, oh, yeah, it was paradise gave it to me. So the only thing I can think of without breaking like the way you can break into a car without setting well I don't know if it sets off the alarm or not, but uh, I when I locked or not when I locked my keys in my car when my key on my door like broke like basically like. You, I remember you said you broke your key in your door, but like mine, just the lock broke. And so I couldn't get in, and the guys had to come from AAA, and they basically just like stuck this wedge in my door and then were able to unlock it. But I think that would have set off the alarm, and I, and that's what I'm thinking. If yours was you, – you th- were you in a parking lot at work, or what the, What was the deal? So we have, um, we have a private lot, but there's only four spots, and it's really – like clustered, like it's really small. And then we okay. have six spots across the street in a lot that doesn't have any security or cameras. And that's got where it. I was parked. Got it, got it, got it. And you're not really in a bad area. No, it's like, um, well, you head west. It's not that great. But like where we're located, like it's like up and coming in the west loop. Yeah. So, yeah, it's, it's not that bad, but. Uh, there's glass all over that parking lot. Like break-ins happen. I just figured I didn't yeah. have anything important enough in my car. Like why would anyone go in there? Yeah. But um, I do keep some change and like some spare change in the like the cup holders. Yep. So maybe they saw that, but they didn't take my change. Yeah, nobody wants to change anymore. Okay, off-topic, a little on-topic. Went to a low-key gas station. Yep. I just needed to break a 20. I paid $2 to park at my part-time job. Yep. So I would go to break a 20 by getting some, like, sunflower seeds and um, a drink. I'm just going to spit the sunflower seeds in them on my way home. Yep. And this guy gives me – okay, so I need two singles. He gives me a 10, a 5, some change, and a freaking Sacagawea $1 coin. <laughs> Like, what, what the hell am I going to do with this thing? Yeah, I remember how much, like, uh, when the Sacagawea ones first came out, how cool. You know, it was like, oh, my God, I love this. This is a coin that's worth the same thing as this paper, you know, dollar bill. And yeah. then you realize that it's just way heavier, and uh, you can't really stick it in your wallet so great, and uh, it just kind of sucks. There's, a, there's no point in it. No, that. there's no point. Where Okay, I could have probably spent the $2 bill somewhere if I needed yes. to. Yes, I, where the Where the hell am I going to spend a Sacagawea? I mean, it seems like a low-key gas station would be a perfect spot to spend it. I I feel like they would reject it. I feel like someone gave it to them. Yeah. Well, I guess you're right. I'm kind of counteracting. Like, yes. someone gave it to them. They didn't know what to do with it, so they just got rid of it right away. Yeah. Yeah. No, totally. Uh, Unbelievable. It was a, at a Clark. Oh, Clark. Shout out to Clark Gas Stations. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that was pretty low-key. So speaking of with that along that money line, do you know what I hate, Pat? Is those stupid chip readers. Why is with when you're paying with credit cards? Yeah. Why there's all these things where like you go up there and it says uh, chip chip uh, you know chip reader coming soon. Sorry. So, yeah, my understanding about the chip is 
the barcode on the credit cards and debit cards um, aren't as secure and hackers are hacking in the like like we're talking about low key place systems yeah. and they're stealing people's payment information yeah. whereas the chip you it's just more secure I guess so that's why yeah. more people are getting those but yeah it's annoying I don't have one of those but, but uh, yet but I feel like at one point that's going to probably take over but it just it, it the thing is that the technology isn't like exactly caught up to the rest of it because right now you stick it in there and you have to wait probably like triple the amount you of time stick it in there yeah you stick it in there put it in my pants your plastic and it, it takes about triple the amount of time as it would be just to swipe it so i'm gonna I would say that the amount of time that i'm wasting you know i'd rather save a third of the time and get my identity stolen every couple of weeks than have to stick oh. the stupid chip reader in the thing and then them acting like they're doing me convenience by having the chip reader. I wonder if this is what it was like when music transitioned from cassette tapes to CDs. Yeah. Because certain CDs don't read all the time, and they get dirty, and you get the skips. Yeah. But it's supposed to be better sound quality. So maybe this is our our little getting old and the world's changing <laughs> yeah, but, and we don't but like cassettes, it cassettes suck because you never know when you are where you are in the cassette like there's no like i want to listen to the third song you just have to like press the fast forward button and hope you're lucky that's kind of the beauty of it though you get to listen to the whole album yeah that's yeah i mean that's like a uh cd was the start of it and then steve jobs took over and it was just song by song after that what else so you got your car robbed that's big news yeah it, it was unfortunate it was on a friday too yeah, that is, that does suck. What else? Uh, what else been going on? Uh, how about some bitch what? <laughs> okay, yeah, an early bitch what? I said bitch what? Bitch 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 what? I said bitch what? Bitch 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 what? You said bitch. Yeah. Okay, so I get these like notifications on my phone. It's weird. It's like maybe once a month I get these notifications on my phone for LinkedIn, right? Yeah. And so I open my LinkedIn account, and I just so happened to notice that there was this business owner who was celebrating 10 years of having his own business. So you know what I did? I said, hey, man, congratulations. And you know what he did to me? He said, screw you. <laughs> so I'd like to start off by saying, first of all, what a piece of work for responding to me like that when I was just trying to be nice. By the way, this business is called Jeration. <laughs> It's a, very, it's a very good aeration business, yeah. Secondly, how bad is that for business? Because now I'm going to go on Yelp and say this guy's a complete asshole. <laughs> bitch what? I like this bitch what, Pat. That's a good well, bitch that's, what. That's good, that's, because that's all I well, had, Jerry. Here's, so here, here's why I responded like that, is because oh, I had that three... Was you? I, <laughs> I had three people that sent the exact same thing. That's just the generic... That's the generic LinkedIn. I'm gonna congratulate you, but put no if effort into it and have them send the greeting. I think it said thank you. I hope all is well. But all three, I had three messages that are exact same thing. So people are wishing you well, and you respond like that. <laughs> if they're not taking the time to individually write it, yeah, you know what, Pat? It was a little harsh. It was a little harsh. <laughs> you're you're a little high society, man. <laughs> That's a good point. Uh. So speaking of another LinkedIn note, uh, that girl, <laughs> that girl that added me on LinkedIn, she liked one of my things. So did she wish you congratulations on ten years not. of your business, or was Actually, she not that nice? I think it was maybe a like on one of those. I don't know, but 
it was not I did not get an individual uh, unpersonalized message to myself though Pat so well the world yeah. is talking to you maybe she yeah. wants you to chase after whatever her business ventures are I, I have no plan on doing that whatsoever um, but so I'm your bitch what and uh, I, I almost feel honored I mean it's kind of like every week but that... this time I thought I'd bring it out show. <laughs> this time I get an intro yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Shut up, bitch. So, uh, here's my uh, business version of bitch what, and it's just who what business I'm going to complain about this week, and that's UPS. So okay. at work, at work we were having we had to send out a bunch of these uh, Blu-rays, and these were containing um, films on it so that they could be screened at like different type premiere type places. You know, maybe they're just going to be screened at some theater. But they had to be rushed delivered, and, uh, you know, they had to get there on time. And we sent them out the second we got them, and, you know, the second we were able to make the Blu-ray, we sent them out to these different theaters. And and UPS, two times in one week, it got delayed. And we were paying for next day early air, which is, like, super expensive. Like, one of them was literally, like, $200 just to send some Blu-rays. And the other one, you know, it was, like, 100 and something and $200. And they were next day air. And one of them got delayed because of... Uh, because of weather, which is understand, you know, okay, if you're driving the plane, the plane has to get diverted, that kind of stuff. You understand. But it got delivered like, th- it ended up taking three days instead of one day. So you and could have just paid standard ground shipping for exactly. like $10. So, probably. so, yeah. And then the other thing happened because of customs. And there was some issue with them and customs, and it took an extra two days. And so I contacted UPS and I say, hey, uh, how about, you know, we're not asking for a full refund, but I think how about we get the rates that it would have been for a three-day delivery since it took three days? I think that sounds pretty reasonable, right? I would have done the same thing. Yes, and they said we cannot do that. They said we, because of, because of uh, the reason that it got there, we, we are unable to do that. And I'm like, well, you are actually able to do that because you guys are the ones that set the price, but you're choosing not to do that. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. That's a garbage excuse. <laughs> yeah, that is a really garbage excuse. So don't tell me you're not able to do that. Uh, you're choosing not to, and for that reason, we're not going to continue to use UPS. So that was my. Uh, I'm all about me, baby. You know, as you were talking about bitch weather, it's my kind of thoughts on that. You got to go FedEx priority one. That's what I'm saying, man. It's a FedEx all the way now. Shout out to FedEx. Yeah. Quick shout out to FedEx. Here's your spot. Yeah. Uh, do you know what else kind of sucks, Pat? Snow cones suck. Yeah, you know there's. Not just snow cones, but that concept of like shaved ice and flavoring. There's a yeah. Hawaiian ice place over by me, about two miles, and yep. I, I've gone there before on like those high school dates where you don't really know where to go, and it's yep. only like two dollars. But it, it's just not that good. It's just no. like flavored ice. Yeah, it, and it's yeah. and really the only part that's good is when you start getting down to the end. You know, it, it's like, and that's where all like the syrup is. But think it, about it. You are eating frozen flavored water. Yeah, it really is, and and it's not even good flavorings most of the time. It's it's really just no. a it's a crappy con. I don't know. The, I feel like that was a thing that they had going on for a while before they knew how to make like good ice cream, or ice cream that they could transport easily. And they were just like, all right, we we got ice and it's cheap, and so we can rip off some kids because it's colorful and it looks like a rainbow. So uh, they're gonna buy it. 
But at this day and age, and the, the other thing is like it's like eating that is like when you make something in the microwave. Like it's so inconsistent. You get those parts that have so much like syrup and flavor that it's almost yeah. too much to handle. Yes. And then you get those parts that has like absolutely nothing. There's on very it. little like in between. Ice. I agree with that. Very little in between. Yeah. yeah. So Pat, another one of the uh, so something I did this weekend. I went to uh, Milwaukee. And I did the tomato romp. Do you know what the tomato romp is? I didn't. You, you told me about this as I was leaving South Elgin, I believe. Oh yes, yes I did. So what? So you donate ten dollars to uh, some hunger, you know, hunger task force. I think is what it was. So which it, this whole concept is kind of ironic, uh, the fact that you're donating for a hunger task force. But so you pay this money. Um, and then they give you some sort of safety goggles. They close off a block in Milwaukee on the east side, a small block, and they have this fenced-in area, and you have two teams, and you go in there, and the whole ground, you know, this is like, it's a good size area, all fenced in, and the whole ground is just covered with tomatoes. And these tomatoes are not green, but they're definitely not like falling apart rotten tomatoes. They're, you know, they're ripe, but they're not like crazy ripe. So, you go in there, and then they say start. You've got some, there's like some drum line just playing. There's a whole people are just crowded around it watching, and you just start throwing tomatoes at each other. And uh, I was kind of warned that it was going to hurt a little bit, uh, which is why they you know recommend drinking a decent amount before you go and throw these I'll tomatoes. Bring the beers. But uh, it still hurt quite a bit. And these <laughs> you know people are like whipping these tomatoes. And yeah. it really like, so at one point I was kind of doing like duck and, you know, just pop up for a second, throw it, you know, I was throwing a lot, but I mean, like I, I would not just be standing there, like my face fully exposed while I was throwing it. As it started to go on, the tomatoes became more mushy and then it became more fun. But then I also liked throwing the tomatoes, like acting like I was throwing it at somebody, but then just clearly throwing it over the fence and hitting people in the crowd. That became one <laughs> of my next favorite things to do. Uh, but that was a lot of fun. I recommend that to anybody, uh, looking to do something fun in milwaukee in the future i don't know i think they do it in a bunch of cities but it was uh that was a lot of fun you know it sounds exhausting but at the same time it sounds like a stress reliever yes yes you get uh and see that then the issue was then i just now i saw a tomato like the other day at the grocery store i just wanted to throw the tomato you know what also you should totally go with like a couple people who are like friends with your friends but you don't really like them and then you throw the tomatoes at them that's a good point yes yeah I, i and you just right. play the you play I, the business card. I I'm should just have, doing my job. I should have gone with people that I didn't like, so I could just yeah throw it at them. Yeah, you're saying I know what you're yeah. saying kind of yeah, like, like acquaintances, you like but me, man, you yeah, could have had a time. That's good. Point. Yeah, maybe we'll record it uh, chub step live from in the uh, tomato. Yeah, cage. I mean, you think maybe some of these podcasts do like the running with the bulls if they you know want or whatever. We should do the tomato toss. We or should do the tomato called. toss. I really that's a uh, that's a great idea. So but uh, now we have to wait a year. Yeah. <laughs> so Pat, you did not um, give me a uh, congratulations. I, well, what are you talking about? I literally wish you congratulations <laughs> on LinkedIn today. I'm becoming like a notary, Pat. I'm officially a notary now. <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> Explain as you would a child. It's something I had to figure out after uh, I was informed that I should become a notary. And that was uh, basically what notaries do is uh, verify that that you are who you say you are when you're signing documents. Like, basically, there's a lot of things that require, to, you know, they require... You're like an authenticator? Basically, yeah. Um, so if anybody's looking to uh, get a Chubstep official notary, I'm your man. Dude, we could do a signing. 
We could do a signing. I don't know. <laughs> I think just my notary stamp that I have now. Who would want that? Um, but but just one. like a uh, yeah. So I think for the next like ten years, I'm set. Anybody? Yeah. If you know, you know, I'm that guy. Uh, so is that how's, Jared? <laughs> how's the money on that? Well, I'm actually not getting paid anything for so doing this do notary. Uh, my boss asked me to, so I became oh. notary. Yeah. So uh, you're a yes man. Huh? I'm a yes man. Yeah, you got to be. You got to be. Um, speaking of of you know yes man people that were trying to please not necessarily the case but uh so i i saw my my neighbor a decent amount over the weekend we had a nfl we had a fantasy football draft and then we watched some football on sunday and he reminded me uh this is one of nick russo's favorite stories but uh i had my next door neighbor watched uh my parents were telling him how shameless was a good show and uh so he was like oh i'll check it out you know he's watching shameless and uh, he watched, ended up watching seven seasons. And but he would always talk to like my parents and some of the other neighbors and be like, oh, you know, and they'd be like, oh yeah, you know, did you see that episode? Oh yeah, it's so good and that kind of stuff. But then there's always some confusion, and he would, you know, be like, oh, I don't, I don't remember him or I don't remember that. And like, oh, there's no black girl in it. What are you talking about? Or Joan Cusack? Joan Cusack's not in it, and all this stuff. So he said, he said at some point. I think he said it was the Joan Cusack thing when he realized that he was watching the uh, the British version or the Irish, the the non-American version of Shameless, and he had watched seven seasons of the show without realizing that it was not the version everybody else had told him to watch. Oh wow! Have you ever had an experience like this, Pat? Uh, I can't say I have. Yeah. What? Uh, <laughs> yeah. He actually said he enjoyed it a lot, but it was uh, not not the same thing. Um, and some of it was actually a little ahead of the American version, so we knew what was happening before them. But uh, yeah, I don't know how what you where you go from that. You know, do you just stick with it? Do you stick with the uh, the non-American version? Um, I mean, I guess. Kinda. At that point, you're already committed to it to a certain point, right? Yeah, that I don't know. That's awkward. It is kind of awkward, but uh, yeah, shout out, shout out. So, uh, Pat, we got some emails here. Oh, no way. Yeah. Let me read one. Okay. Um, can you see? If I held them up, could you read them? Let me see. Um, I'm not happy with you, too. Oh, jeez. By Nick Russo. Yep. Yeah, I can't read the fine print. Okay. <laughs> but that's a good start. So email the show, chubstep.podcast at gmail.com. This one comes from Nick Russo. Gentlemen, or do you even deserve the dignity of being called that? Okay. Wow. I didn't appreciate your ruthless takedown of Eli Manning on last week's podcast. Uh, coincidentally, the one that starred Michael James, did he put you guys up to this? So this is actually two weeks ago at this point. Uh, yeah, so, so one, you're behind. Well, this uh, this was sent uh, eight days ago, it looks like, but I don't know how the timing worked out with our last. Anyway, we didn't see it until now. But so did Mike James put us up to talking about Eli Manning? Pat? Uh, I believe he brought it up. I, I believe recall. he brought it up. I believe he definitely is not so a big maybe Eli Manning fan. Instead of taking it out on us, Russo, yep. you should email the Real Boys podcast and yep. take it out on Michael Thomas James. Yeah, or Twitter them at Real Boys Podcast. Um, so then he says, Did you even once consider that Peyton, Eli, Cooper, Archie, and or Archie's lady wife could be active listeners to Chubstep? I bet you didn't. I never- <laughs> I never considered that. I never, I did not, especially Cooper. Um, you know, a lot of the Archie, Eli 
connection. They both go to Ole Miss, where, you know, my brother and sister go there. And, you know, it, I know this is the biggest podcast in Mississippi as well as in the Illinois area. But uh, so it's very possible that Eli or Archie could be listening to the show. Um, and Nick Russo, I'm requesting an official apology, and I would like, I would also like each of you to share your favorite Eli Manning moment. If you don't have one, please share your favorite Chris Conti moment. Thank you, Nicholas. Oh, they, well, I don't remember who it was against exactly, but I remember yeah. we were doing Bears for, or Beers for Bears. Yes. And Chris Conti, oh, no, 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 I lied. This was against the 49ers, I believe. Chris Conti made a ridiculous interception when the Bears beat the 49ers. Yes. Um, it was fresh off the 49ers Super Bowl season. Th- was this like the first game of the season? It was like the second, I believe. Yeah, it was, it was early in the season. Yeah. It was It was like it, it, things looked a little promising. At the time. <laughs> As they always do it with the Bears season. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah, so, I, yeah. yeah. Dude, I can't say I have a favorite Eli Manning moment. Um, I mean, I, I guess my favorite, I don't know if I have a specific Eli Manning moment. It just, it's just always the faces that he does are always great to just watch. His are kind of like, he's kind of like Jay Cutler in the sense that he has these kind of faces where like he, he might be looking a lot different than he actually feels, or he just kind of gives off a certain side sort of vibe that like is probably people think lesser of him just because of like the faces that he's making. I I would attest to that. Yeah. I guess. Uh, there was a, this is sports center commercial with him and Peyton. That was pretty yeah. good. Yeah. Where they were kind of like, you know, they were acting like they were young brothers at the time, kind of picking on each other behind everyone's back yes. when they were walking through the hallway. That was kind of funny. You know what? Eli Manning was on SNL and I, uh, I remember a certain, skit with him in a courtroom that I liked. So I'm going to say that is my favorite Eli Manning moment. That's quite the moment. Yeah. So look that up, Nick Russo. And uh, I do apologize. This is a formal apology to the uh, Manning family. And especially Cooper. Especially Cooper. Yeah, you got to feel bad for that guy. Yeah. No, I don't feel bad for him. I'm sure he's, you know, doing great. Uh, football from Perval perspective, you feel bad. But, um, okay, this one is from Pat Forg, and it says, what's Toterball? <laughs> so that's that's the email. So uh, Toterball, for those that don't know, is a sport that me and a couple other people created. Uh, it's kind of like lacrosse, but it, it's with a wiffle ball, and there's a canoe oar and – Procadema paddles and those trackball things and some hockey goalie equipment. It's a game to five. It's about the most perfect explanation that I can use for that. So uh, if you want to look more, look up Toterball. I'm going to give the most straightforward answer. Oh, the calendar is the best part of Toterball. Nothing to do with the sport other than we try to throw in some some little parts that are like, you know, maybe there'll be like a wiffle ball in the shot. But we do like a fireman-esque calendar every year. So if anybody's looking for those, you can definitely email the show at Chubstep Podcast, um, chubstep.podcast at gmail.com if you want the uh, want the you know Starbucks calendar. I always have a spread, you know. I'm spreading out my arms. Usually, I'm never wearing a shirt, and nobody's wearing a shirt. So uh, shout out to Toterball. Thank you for the emails, guys. Jared, do you think that either Toterball yeah. should be the official 
sponsor of Chubstep or Chubstep should be the official sponsor of Wow, Global. I like that's and a how it that could be a mutual definitely can be a mutual thing. I, I, I really do like that. Problem is I would be funding both of those. So I'd be paying myself yeah. almost though. So that would work. Um you know what Pat I'll talk to <laughs> you know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna sleep on it. I'm gonna journal about it. I vote Toterball the official sponsor of Chubstep. Well, the first official sport of of Chubstep. I agree with that. I can I can live with that. No, the official sponsor. Not okay. Sport. Okay. Fair enough. Okay. Well, what about a Brendan Fraser movie review? Yeah. What about it? <laughs> what we're gonna do on that's what. About twenty years ago, back in the last century, I went to actor school. Actually, that's back when I was allowed to work with animals. <laughs> when these experiences are always brought into everyone's home. Why do I smell a fish? Well, these are the yum-yum uh, sweats. Uh-huh, she's doing with me. <laughs> I don't, I don't know. <laughs> they think I shaved their butts. I look like a big old steak with legs. So, still breathing. This is a 1997, 1998 movie. Let's say 1998. Still breathing. Written and directed by James F. Robinson. James F. Robinson is only credited on two things on IMDb, and it is this movie, Still Breathing, and the Tinsel documentary in 2011. So that's kind of interesting. So this is really kind of not a lot of characters in this movie. Uh, but B. Fraser, Brendan Fraser, is Fletcher... McBracken, yeah, a kind of uh, oddball, hopeless romantic from Texas uh, that is on his way to China because he has a vision of who his love should be, and she kind of looked Chinese in his uh, in his mind. I'm in love with the Chinese chick. Then Joanna going, and. She plays, uh, I'll get to her in a second, but the only thing I reckon, like the only thing I saw, she's in a ton of stuff on IMDb, but the only thing I really recognized kind of was uh, Trisha Walker in House of Cards. And then Lou Rawls is in this, the singer, um, very briefly. He plays the tree man. Then the only other person I recognized was Michael McKean. Uh, He was in Best in Show. He's kind of like the douchey guy. You would definitely recognize him if you saw him. He's in a bunch of stuff. But... uh, yeah, anyway, he plays at the very end. He's like a guy she goes on a date with. Anyway, uh, so this this story is about this girl, Joanna Going, who her job is literally to kind of have men type of fall in love with her. Then she gets them to, like, gets the guys to buy her really expensive things. And she'll have this whole scheme set up where she has one of her friends pretend like he owns an art gallery and then he'll have, like, some super cheap painting that uh, he'll say is like $14,000. You know, this is a super expensive painting. She said she's super into art, so, you know, I, but I can't afford it. And then the guy says, oh, I'll buy it for you. So then, you know, she, he basically buys this really cheap painting for a ton of money, and then she keeps the cash. So that's what she does for jobs. And then uh, she never sleeps with the guys, but then when the guys come back to her house, she'll be like, oh, can you grab something in my room? And then she, they go in there, and uh, the room is filled with, like, pill bottles and, and like, pamphlets on AIDS and stuff like that. <laughs> so <laughs> I, was, I, was, I was laughing pretty hard when I was watching this. So that was pretty clever. And uh, there is – Let's go. Yeah, so that, that was good. There was also some things that I noticed in this 
and so anyway, the, the story continues when she is supposed to find another one of these guys to do this to, get some money from, and uh, she accidentally runs into Brendan Fraser, who she thinks is the guy she's supposed to run into, but he's not. So where does it go from there? You have to find out and still breathing. So here's a couple weird things in this um, in this movie that I just referred to in other uh, in other movies that he's in. So he does an Elvis reference when he's he, he stacks rocks. That's one of the things he likes to do as art. He likes to stack rocks in this movie. So uh, he makes an Elvis reference, which he played an Elvis impersonator in the movie Pawn Shop Chronicles. At one point in the movie, they go to the Alamo, and in the Alamo uh, was where the show Texas Rising started right after the Alamo, when they're taking back Texas. That's that's only two shows fresh. Exactly. And then at the end, they uh, well, at one point, uh, he's floating in the Guadalupe River, which I've done in San Antonio. So those are all the connections that I had to this. But uh, this movie I actually liked a lot. I was expecting absolutely nothing when I saw the cover and when I just, it was a movie I'd never heard of, you know, like it it didn't look like it was going to be very good. Uh, But then I watched it and I actually was very surprised by it. It actually was not a comedy really at all. That was like the AIDS thing was the only funny part, which is, you know, not usually something that's super funny. But, uh, that was good, but other than that, not really any comedy in. But actually, it's fairly good uh, romantic, you know, type of movie, which is not usually my style at all. But I enjoyed it quite a bit. Ooh! So a Brendan Fraser. This is a top-rated Brendan Fraser movie. Wow! Yeah, yeah, kind of a you know hidden. This is the hidden gem. This is a hidden gem that I found so far. This one. Well, I have a few others, but this is one that really surprised me. What was the rating by Rotten Tomatoes? Um, uh, I think it was in the '60s or '70s. Not bad. Yeah, so not bad. Um, not her, Mister. How about a Tanzania news? Tanzania news. The infection causes immediate respiratory failure, and scientists claim that the infection is now transmitted. You know what Fugazi is? Fugazi. It's a fake. Fugazi. Fugazi. It's a wazi. It's a wazi. It's a fairy dust. From Tanzania? Yes, I am. Bad news, Pat. Bad news. Tanzania quake. We've never known this in our country, says PM, Prime Minister. So in Dar es Salaam, at least 16 people died, and 253 were injured in a 5.7 magnitude earthquake that struck northwest Tanzania and was felt throughout the Great Lakes region, local authorities said on Sunday. Uh, so a big, a big, uh, you know, earthquake hit Tanzania. More than 800 buildings have been destroyed, including 44 public ones. And uh, yeah, 253 injured. They say that 16 of the of the 15 of the 16 people that died were uh, boys at a boarding school. So that's really sad too. So bad news. The, so here's here's a big problem when these impoverished countries get struck by earthquakes and that is just the way these buildings are built um just even looking at the picture that they have here it's this masonry building with no sort of structural ties like if you go to la where they have you know where they have earthquakes all the time all those buildings are retrofitted like crazy to have to deal with you know earthquakes you know happening all the time so it, it, when you have stuff that's made of masonry, brick, cement, that kind of stuff, so it's super brittle. 
right? You know, it's like super hard and brittle. So when the earthquakes are happening, it just shakes and it just shatters, it just breaks off and it just falls apart. And I'm looking at these and these are literally like a, a wood structure with kind of just brick and then concrete on the outside. So just super brittle. And, uh, and the, and it looks like the wood's not even tied into the brick. So, you know, it's just insane. Like this is just any, any sort of earthquake could just knock this stuff down. You just kind of see how this just happens. You say 5.7 on the scale. Is the scale out of 10? I'm not sure, Pat. I'm reading that, like you were saying, yeah. the things that affect the amount of damage are the designs of the building. Yeah. The type of surface the building rests on. Ooh, yeah. Okay. And the distance from the epicenter. Yes, that makes sense. Yeah. 5.7. So is that really bad, or do you think it has more to do with how... Well, they said this has been the worst one they've had in quite some time, in like over 15 years. Um. But yeah, 270, of the, 270 things that were destroyed were houses. And this guy was showing, I saw a video where this guy, you know, everything fell. His house is, you know, a little like brick thing with like a tin roof and everything fell. And like even his bike was smashed. Like literally the only thing that wasn't destroyed in his house was his bed. And so he gave his bed to his family because his family was going to go live somewhere else while he was trying to, you know, repair the house and stuff like that. So it's pretty bad. Like, it, it's bad when, when these earthquakes happen everywhere, anywhere. Like, Italy just had that super bad earthquake and all that stuff. But this is, you know, these kind of areas where a lot of people, like, everything they have is tied into this house, you know. And they right. don't, I'm sure they don't have the time. You know, there's not insurance in the same type of sense at all here. And so when they lose everything, they legit lose everything. And so it's not great. Not great here in Tanzania. Not great news. That was a real downer. That was a real downer. Um, so, yeah, sorry about that. So, Pat, here's a little more of an upper. I guess just a little life question for you. And I have to phrase it this way because of the way I got the information. Um, I heard from a blue-footed booby, which is apparently a type of bird, um, that there's this thing called the life straw. Do you know what the life straw is? No. Life straw is this thing that uh, you can – basically it's like a a straw that has a filter-type thing that you can drink – you can drink whatever the water is, and then what, by the time you drink it, it's it's pure enough to drink. Okay. That's a life straw. So what I was asked from this blue-footed booby uh, was if you had water that was like just like to- – like say it was like a toilet bowl. You're drinking out of like toilet bowl water filled with like feces and stuff, you know, just disgu- – you know, let's just say it's poop water, Pat. Would you drink out of that? What would be the circumstances where you drink out of that, knowing that it was going to be clean when it came out the other end? I'm sorry, you heard this from a what? Again, this is how I had, the only way I could say this on the podcast was, I heard from a blue-footed booby, which is a type of bird. And you heard what? This is a question. Yeah, but that's just the way I had to phrase it. Um, So (laughs) the, the question is, would you drink poop water out of a life straw the life straw is the filtered thing like what would it take for you to drink disgusting water out of this retirement retirement yeah if you had enough money where you could retire yes that's a good you know that's enough that's a phrase people don't use enough of like it's they're not using a specific number you're just saying i just want enough where i could just retire right now live comfortably so it i I, i totally agree that's a I can't think of a better answer than that. And it reminds me, I, I played golf the other day 
with a guy who had been retired since 1972. That's a long time. That's a really long time. The guy was 90, and he was still walking the course. I was playing with Face Carl, and uh, he was still walking the course, which is at 90 years old. It was a nine-hole course, but he was walking it, which is very impressive, and playing golf. And uh, he retired at age 46. So I'm wondering if he had – I don't know I don't know how the timeline of this works out, but I, and I don't think the Life Straw has been out since 72. But I wonder if he did something similar where somebody – I. I guess I didn't really get down to like the nitty gritty of like, what did you do to get that final retirement? Like what crazy thing did you do? Maybe he invented um, something like the dip and squeeze or something. The dip and squeeze. Do you know what a dip and squeeze is? No, I can't say I do. The ketchup packet where you have the option to either dip it or squeeze it out. That's what I'm about. I'm all about the sauce. The ketchup packet. Yeah. No, I don't, yeah, I can't say I know what that is, but I got to, uh, yeah. I don't think you invented it. It's fairly new, but yeah. <laughs> uh, it was just a thought. Yeah, no, it's definitely a possibility. It's definitely yeah. a possibility. Okay, I like Arby sauce, um, yeah. So one of the things I did that was cool a uh, couple, like two weeks ago, was uh, for the first time ever I saw my name in the theater screen. Hey! Yeah, it was uh, when I did. One I, of, why wasn't it on Facebook and Snapchat? And I did have it on my Snapchat story. Oh yeah, um, but you know it was like two weeks ago. But uh, yeah, I was in you know in the credits for the movie Kickboxer Vengeance. Everybody should check it out on video on demand. No, I think it's probably out of theaters by now. But uh, yeah, check it out. Uh, IMDb baby. IMDb, check it out. So, Pat, what else? Uh, what else you got? Um, uh, nothing really on topic to be honest with you. If by nothing on topic, then here's okay. Here's here's what I'm predicting. We'll do one last little thing here because uh, the Skype is about to die because my phone's about to die. But here's what I've been noticing recently as a theme, where this is going to be the next like ethical discussion that everybody's already starting to have, but it's not really a full thing yet, so it hasn't really become a thing. So it's the whole like are artificial intelligence things human. And I noticed this in the Ex Machina, or I say it wrong every time, but that movie that came out, and then also in the video game Fallout 4, there's uh, these this like whole concept of like, oh, this person was made. You know, there's like some robot that is basically a person, but it was made by someone. But is it's it a really? Computer. But it, but is it really? You know, but it like functions like a person, like it has thoughts and feelings and that kind of stuff, and they well, look like a person. A, no. But these are like I'm saying. This is like I can tell. This is already where like the next. You know, right now we're on like still some race things and some different PC. You know, there's all these different things, but like the uh, the 50 years down the road, this is the next like uh, political, you know, between the Republicans and Democrats. It's going to be our AIs. Are they humans? You know, can you treat them as humans or, you know, are they not? That's my prediction. I hope I'm dead. That's all I'm saying. But also, again, this is as I said before. When you make these predictions and say something fifty down the fifty years down the road, nobody's ever going to remember that I said this at this point, uh, fifty years from now. So it's a pretty easy prediction. You can make. You can really say anything. Oh, I predicted it to be in fifty now, years. I mean, you can come back to it if you're still alive and be like, I want you know X, Y, and Z because I said it first. Well, I'm hope. I hope I'm still alive in fifty years, Pat. Yeah. Yeah, but you're hoping you're dead, so we can arrange that. <laughs> yeah but uh oh we also got some uh twitter stuff here let me take a look at that um 
one of the things Nick Russo just commented to both or to Chubstep Podcast, I think maybe you're involved with that, was uh, they're having there's a uh, a soccer a college soccer team that's having a Harambe themed night. Did you see that? Yeah, I seen it like five minutes before we got on this little call. Yeah, do you think that's a smart idea? I don't. You're not a big fan of Harambe. They're using a bad situation to promote um, business. Not ethical. No, because Ooh. they want people to come and get the little giveaway gorilla or whatever it is. You know, it's yeah, really yeah, got. Yeah, <laughs> yeah totally. We talked about this last time. Yes. It's just getting way out of yes, hand. Yes, it is. It is getting pretty crazy. Um, what's not as crazy is uh, Bob Evans coupons. You guys can follow him at Evans underscore coupon. Uh, gave Chubstep Podcast a 75% off all items coupon code. Check the link the profile below. So this is for, like, uh, those Bob Evans um, mashed potatoes. So somebody tweeted, they tweeted us that. Um, oh, no way. Yeah. And then there's, there's our giveaways, coupons. Yeah, coupons. Yeah, we'll give you guys some coupons. So then the at Real Boys podcast tweeted at us. And uh, this is when I was with uh, Mike James, friend of the show, Mike James. And uh, he says, We always knew Jared just sat around sipping mojitos all day. Does he even think about average Joe? And it's a picture of me drinking mojito. Do you think about average Joe? Um, I think about Tim Allen in the movie Joe Somebody. And That's an average Joe. Yeah, I think that was pretty average Joe, and I think that's what they were going for in that movie. And I think about him quite a bit. And, uh, you know, he's got to make that big fight. And I always wonder, I've seen the movie multiple times, and, and every time I wonder, is he going to beat up that mean bully at work? Is he going to do it this time? And... Uh, Man, every time I'm always happy with that ending. I'll tell you that, boy. That was a that was a pretty bad soundtrack. If you think about that movie, I don't, remember the, the, I don't remember the soundtrack. I just remember a couple songs. They had that. Um, ah, maybe I'm confusing it, but I want to say they had one of the AM radio songs. Maybe it's not exactly that one. Like on the AM radio, that one. I, I, uh, <laughs> It might not be that song. I might be confusing it. Yeah, but they yeah. also had that karaoke scene with the Backstreet Boys song. Yes. I think it was oh, Millennium. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Man, that's uh, the whole the whole soundtracks for movies is just kind of going away. No, I, I disagree with that. Um, you actually see some, there's like artists who are in bands doing solo projects and they're like these soundtracks for movies, but it's not like, not always like lyrics it's just kind of like music like i know uh jack white of yeah. uh, the white you know who he is but yeah. for those who don't he's of the white stripes and the rat counters i want to say he did the um hateful eight soundtrack oh also i know one of my favorite movies ever is one of the few books i've ever actually read was into the wild mm-hmm. and eddie vetter of pearl jam did that soundtrack Okay. So it's like a solo project thing. Yeah. First class. So suck it, Jerry. Okay. Well, yeah, I can't argue with that, Pat. I cannot argue with that. Um, well, that's all I got for today, unless you got something else. Um, no, I'm looking at the soundtrack to do somebody right now. <laughs> God. Yeah, get get to that here. I'll, I'll give her a little plugs, and then you'll finish with that. Um, 
So, oh, that Backstreet Boys song is called Larger Than Light. I'm okay. thinking of the, the album Millennium. Got it, got it, got it. Yeah. I can't find the song I was thinking of, but he's beating up like this, uh, uh, what are those things called? Where it's like a, it's like a person punching bag in the backyard. Yes. I, yes. I hate that song. I can't think of what it's called, but oh, I hate man. it. Uh, yeah, just, I, I can't help you out there, Pat. I don't remember it quite well then, enough for that. Then don't, man. I know, I know. So uh, give us some, uh, give us an iTunes review. We always love the iTunes review. We'll read the iTunes review on the show if you give us one. Uh, email the show at chubsteppodcast at gmail, chubstep.podcast at gmail.com. We will read your emails. Uh, at chubsteppodcast on Twitter. Follow Pat on Instagram. Pat Callahan 44, Bad Piece 33. Um, tell a friend. We always like uh, sharing it with everybody. We want to get the most listeners we can so we can have the most fun we can with more emails, that kind of stuff. So uh, check out Pat's. Um, Pat's doing a new blog this week on um, the Joe Somebody pod- on the Joe Somebody soundtrack. Pat. Now you're giving me work <laughs> No, No, but uh, maybe at some point in the future he will, if you guys send enough uh, emails, requests. There you go. Yeah, okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, thank you for listening to the show. New shows every uh, Thursday. And like us on Facebook, too. And the show's ended. Now you know you got to go. Peace. This is Yasin.